0: Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: Good evening, everyone.
0: Yeah, I hope everyone is doing well. It's been a few days since the Dukes uh, blew out Robert Morris on Thursday night in a hurricane-moved-up game, 73-7. to uh, But Rob and I are here to, for the podcast, as usual, on Monday night. We will be doing four downs from the game tonight. We'll be looking ahead to this coming week and William & Mary and getting into CAA play. And kind of a fun, old school, old guy, overtime topic tonight. <laughs> As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the tap room. Mention that you listen to the podcast. They will give you a free pint glass. Um, it's time, people. So I know, obviously, a lot of great fans turn out on Thursday. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people probably, it was a, it was a tough to get back to the town on this short notice on a weeknight. Um and so a lot of people are making their first big trip this weekend. So definitely make your way to Pale Fire if you can and get ready for the next few games. A couple of weeks till family weekend. So I would take everybody as they come down to Pale Fire. And then we will be doing a, a little bit of a special show. We think the night before homecoming on the Friday night at the end of October uh, before at Pale Fire. So hopefully we'll see lots of you guys there. As always, um, well, not as always, because we always forget this, but rate and review us wherever you get your podcast uh, five points five stars whatever it is yeah whatever yeah um, just, just do it up, keep spreading the word um a couple notes tonight from the nfl before we get started uh not cool to see injuries but josh wells did i saw play quite a bit in the jaguars game and appears to be the starter going forward as the guy in front of him is out for the season in for the... what what might be a super bowl contender yeah, we say. no doubt so yeah. that, that's pretty cool um a name that we have talked about off and on for a couple of years, guy who's battled injuries himself, so good opportunity for Josh. And I think that Daniel Brown might be active tonight for the Bears as well after sitting last week with an injury, so we'll see. But I think that's about all I have to get started. Um, big shout-out to Adrian and Beth. Um, it's cool to see some Greensboro Dukes come watch the game on Thursday. Hopefully we'll have a lot more of that coming down the road. But, Rob, as we get into the game. Do you want to uh, start us off with?
1: I don't know. I mean, yeah, this I is two weeks in a row where it's like we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> just to, for, to really, stay uh, with us for the
0: next 30 minutes. No, it's going be great.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll beat this one to death. I don't know. What else you say? I mean, that was just complete and utter domination. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the, one of the dumbest things we'll hear on this podcast, and mm-hmm. that's saying something. But I don't know. It was eight different guys scored touchdowns. Um, I think Newt outgained Robert Morris. Uh, uh, Jane, yeah. you had, what, 667 total yards? Yeah. Robert Morris had 223. Mm-hmm. I think, somebody else would do the math or correct me on this, but I think Newt had 227 total yards. Yeah. And, and he only played a half. Right. Um, it just, it's, it's exciting to see for a minute, but then it, it got old really quick. Yeah, personally. they ran for
0: almost 400 yards. You know, yeah, like
1: they're they up fifty-two points at the half. Scored on ten of their first eleven drives. Right. Uh, just you could go on and on, but it was just completely outclassed.
0: I was glad was just... to see them. You know, we only saw a quarter against Norfolk State, and obviously they were up seventeen nothing. But I did think, I don't know, this looked crisper than even oh, that, well, that quarter, that... right? Yeah. And um, we... you know, part of that was the, probably the delayed kickoff and everything down to Norfolk. But it, 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 I was glad to see them actually just put someone away. You know, right away. Oh, um, this was, was exactly very, what we wanted very to see, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: It just it gets a point where even as as Duke's fans, it's not that fun to watch.
0: Yeah, it does. I, I didn't mean to stir anything up. I wrote in the good, bad, ugly in the on the blog. Jamie's sports blog still exists out there, people. Okay. Um, I did write on the wrap up of the game, sort of that the ugly was. You know, we're facing these kind of schedules for the next couple of years, and I I didn't mean to be overly critical there. Uh, it's just something to get get used to mentally that we're going to have a couple of these games, and in the past years, these games have been necessary. It's just such a gap right now. It, I mean, we really are at a time that's amazing for JMU. Yeah,
1: you know? and I I think it's it's certainly fine as we've talked about to schedule two likely winnable games, mm-hmm. um, and, and when you're playing a big FCS team, you know North Carolina State or mm-hmm. West Virginia. So I'm not about it. You do what you got to do in scheduling. And I think it is pretty tough where there aren't a lot of FCS programs that want to come and, and kind of play up or challenge themselves uh by coming to Bridgeforth.
0: Yeah, I that, that Nobody's going to do that. It would be fun to talk to Jeff Bourne or somebody who's more in, involved in the scheduling about that. Because, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I sort of put on the blog, like, where's Western Carolina? You know, where's the Citadel? Like, where are these? Socon teams that are somewhat local, East Tennessee State or somebody, um, but they—I I I don't think they want to come here, right? They're—they're no, they're doing what JMU used to do; they're hunting for seven and four or eight and three themselves, and they need to go get their paycheck from Clemson or Tennessee or whoever they're getting their check from.
1: Yeah, and, they want to have home games too, right? I mean, and Furman doesn't want to open up with a. You know, oh. a road FCS game, a road FBS game. Well, they did open up, up with Elon
0: and they got
1: housed. Yeah. Hang on. I mean, that's right. the thing. Like, it, it, they're not going to want to do it. And when they scheduled that Elon game, they probably didn't think they were scheduling this sort of Elon. Team. No, they didn't. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. I would love to see a big home and home, but I'd prefer to see it in a year where we don't have FCS or right. FBS matchups. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's kind of these are the cards were dealt. You just kind of make the best of it. And thankfully, there weren't any major injuries. And mm-hmm. like you said, they looked really crisp. So, yeah. all in all, you know, a very good night.
0: Yeah. So, do you have a first down other than just the domination?
1: No, just, I mean, that was just kind of it. Yeah. That's the main story for me. That jumps out,
0: obviously, at everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty obvious. So, <laughs> the, the second one, second down for me, and I'll kind of go along that before we get into specific players and things from this game, is just the CAA looks deeper than ever. And Rob and I last year on the podcast we did a little around the country and we decided this year we're not going to try to keep up quite as much. But while we're all excited about JMU's prospects this year and the way they looked on Thursday night. Uh Rhode Island, you know, went blow for blow, at least their offense did with Yukon. I think they lost 52-45 or something. Yeah. Yeah, Towson just About that, Took it to um, Villanova there, you know, and Elon did crush Furman. And we've seen what Maine and Stony Brook look plenty capable again. So this, this league is really deep this year. And I think it's, it's too early to get ahead of ourselves on JMU's national prospects or playoff implications at this point. Even if poor William & Mary coming in this weekend has got to be thinking, this schedule looks brutal right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with teams like Towson and Rhode Island playing the way they are, that's it's going to be a tough sled, tough sledding. And maybe even for Richmond, who knows? So, I mean, Richmond managed to,
1: yeah. They look, they look very vulnerable. (laughs) They look extremely
0: vulnerable. And so that's JMU's next two games are William and Mary and Richmond. And, you know, it may, I mean, I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves. I don't mean to be overconfident, but it may be a few more weeks until we really see what's going on with JMU this year. So, yeah. Yeah, just that was – the CAA's depth uh, is probably as – I mean, this is back to five or six years ago in terms of just week in, week out, there's going to be some challenges along the way.
1: Yeah, it's a gauntlet for sure. And unlike last year, last year there were, I thought, probably four or five – um, playoff quality defenses, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the offenses to match it. And it, I think we could have a little bit more balance this year. Mm-hmm. But then there's also teams, like you said, that can just score in bunches that we didn't really see. Yeah, there's know? a wide receiver,
0: kind... number six for Rhode Island, who is nasty. Like he was catching everything in this game. Uh, I watched a good bit of that Rhode Island UConn game on Saturday. And yeah, I was like, whoa, this is something else. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what about third down, Rob?
1: They're down. I guess the one thing that stood out to me, and it's a shame that this was such a blowout that it's probably all <laughs> gonna kind of going to be washed out, but yeah. Marcus Marshall's run was yeah. one of the most fantastic runs I've seen in ages, and JMU had a number of breakaway runs. Uh, yeah. Marshall had another one that was technically a catch, I think. It was like a shovel pass, um, but a lot of them were just like, oh, open up a hole, and then the guy's gone. We saw Percy with just breakaway yeah. speed. Right. That was crazy. Um, you know, a couple other long runs, but... Marshall did so many different things on one run in terms of, like, his patience to choose the hole. Then he hit it, uh, made a couple guys missed. Then the change of pace, slowing down, speeding back up, kind of letting his blockers get ahead of him. It was amazing. I mean, it it kind of reminded me, like, when you watch those bad football movies and you've got the people, like, 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 remember the Cosby show when Rudy was uh, running back (laughs) – and she's like running and people are falling down and tripping on each other it was like that it was like chaos for Robert Morris all because of what Marshall was doing just like making guys stumble i don't know i mean we'll, we'll probably not really have that one to look back at because it was relatively an inconsequential game mm-hmm. but that was an
0: amazing run it really was it's funny i saw you tweet about that during the game uh, you know essentially that sentiment that this will probably mm-hmm. get lost but what a run and I had kind of – but I was kind of hanging out with some people, watching the game, and was kind, at that point, obviously, Jamie was up and was a little bit in and out of paying attention during, when I watched it live. And I went back the next day just to watch that run. And he did break I, – I counted six tackles. Yeah. Right? But it arguably could have been more. And, you know, it's tough because it's Robert Morris, so you don't know. But it was pretty impressive. And for, yeah. for everyone out there – I mean, don't get me wrong. Percy's run is – I don't know, Rob. I mean, he just I don't mean to, jets. and I don't, I'm not yeah. turning this into a competition, but man, he's a player, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and they're going to have to find some spots for him. He's playing a lot on special teams too. So I, I'm hesitant. The red shirt's out of the corner. Yeah. I don't yeah, think they're playing. redshirting yeah. Percy. He's too talented. Yeah. And you, I, I even, I felt bad for Card Johnson who had that really good run early in the game Yeah, where they ruled him down. And there was no replay of it or anything. And then Danucci Mm -hmm. stole the touchdown, Yeah, you know, but they were in there. It was really cool to see Eric Curlew, who's a former walk-on or maybe is a (laughs) walk-on.
1: He's a walk-on. Yeah. And he had the, that was the diving, the
0: diving one. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. That was a heck of a run. Yeah. So it was cool. And obviously Juwan Hamilton had a good kickoff return to start the game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he was a little banged up in the game, Yeah. but man, that position there, that's what I just can't get over. And I guess just watching these last two games against lesser competition, JMU's had good teams before, and we always thought – every year we've thought they should beat the Norfolk States and Robert Morris's of the world. But right now, the talent gap is really significant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah they're playing an FBS game, basically. Mm-hmm. Those other teams are when they're playing yeah. JMU. So, yeah, that, I, I thought Marcus's run definitely was worthy of highlights. Uh, one other player I wanted to note for my fourth down uh, is – and, and my, I should give credit here to our buddy Mike Evangelista – He's Robert Carter Jr. So if you're watching a lot of special teams, he is number 36. He is a redshirt senior, has been around and played a ton of special teams. And Mike wrote that he didn't think he'd ever watched a guy. he never enjoyed watching a guy play special teams more. And obviously, you know, the returners like Jimmy or, or the kickers and punters that we love so dearly, they sort of get all the highlights of this. But JMU's coverage teams are taking this very seriously right now, <laughs> and there was no chance, led by Carter for the most part. There, there was zero chance of Robert Morris doing anything in the special team in the return game, in these games. And hopefully that will keep up. I mean that's been a real hallmark of the Houston era, and to see a guy who's a redshirt senior who's not a star player on the defensive side of the ball, but still extremely invested, uh, just makes it, it just makes you realize what the Houston era is all about right now, or at least it, you know, from the most purple colored glasses, at least it it makes me think about what I hope it's about, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. When you see
1: guys that probably could have um, taken maybe a different route and ended up playing much earlier in their careers at different schools, Mm -hmm. but to stick around and play and play with that much enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. um, It's pretty cool. It's, It's fun to watch. And that's why it's also cool to see like walk on score touchdowns and to see the way that the rest of the team reacted. I and mean, that that got more celebration than any other touchdown. Oh, yeah, the, the curler crowd. touchdown did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the
0: guys were yeah, crazy. Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. It's cool. Like it, sometimes with that intense competition, I think for those of us that really have never been in that environment, sometimes I know I certainly assume like oh man, with this competition, these guys must not like each other or it must, you know, there must be so many hard feelings. And it doesn't appear that way at all. Like it appears no. to be the complete opposite. Like they're competing, but the guys ahead of them, they're pulling for them, and really that that big the team attitude that every coach says they want to have. And the team first, I don't know. It's, it's very early in the season, but we've seen some reasons to think that people have absolutely bought into that.
0: Absolutely. You see a guy like Adam Smith making plays who's, you know, bided his time mm-hmm. over the years. It's exciting. I, I think I said a couple weeks ago, I met one of the younger kind of walk-ons parents and they just couldn't have better things to say about how excited their kid was about the program, even though he's not a guy who's, couldn't see the field a lot yeah yeah it's really it's cool. cool so also one last thing rob what a what a relief to have the matazone production huh
1: oh man that was well done Yeah, um, everything about it, just much better this year it's, i've always enjoyed it i haven't had problems right um really ever for football but i know other people have complained but um it really translated on television it did and just look like a an A plus production.
0: Yeah, and you know we've loved that they've used students and given them the opportunities over the years. But because they're going to be producing, they're using the Madison production for some of the television broadcasts this year. They decided to up the I don't know the experience level of the people around Kurt Dudley, mm-hmm. and that was pretty pretty cool to see, and and it definitely made for a smoother broadcast overall. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's Still,
1: a, I, I, Although, shout out to our boy Bennett. He did. Oh, yeah. No, last yeah. Year. On, the, on the color, I, last I actually, year. he was great. Yeah, He's fantastic. But it is, it's just a totally different feel when mm-hmm. you've got professionals across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it. I mean, the halftime thing on the lacrosse team was great.
0: Yeah, it was really, really cool. And uh, that that was, it's just so, we're so fortunate. and And I saw one of the guys from North Dakota State who we have gotten to know over the years watched most of the JMU game on Thursday night. Uh, he's a guy who covers their team up there and just said, he thought it was, he was really impressed with the production and with the broadcast. And he thought it was, and the one thing he said was he thought it was so cool that it was free. And, yeah. Uh, that is thanks to the JMU alumni association who has made that free. And it's true. I think it's that making that free has definitely brought in a lot of more. I don't know if it the casual fans, just people who aren't going to seek it out in the same way, yeah. you know, or aren't going to go to the trouble that we're going to go to where we, pay our 4.99 and then cancel our subscription or whatever we have to do, yeah. you know? So I, I think that's really cool to know that every week you're going to get this pretty decent production. So it was good stuff. So Rob, I think we should talk about one or two concerns we have going into next week. This week we have William and Mary coming in. I, I don't know, is there anything in particular that's that's bugging you or, or you're worried I, about?
1: Nothing's bugging me, but I'm going to touch on something that you touched on earlier in that I'm not so. I don't have any great concerns about JMU. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it's a little. The season's prospects are a little bit of an unknown just because of the type of schedule we've played. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was very encouraged by last week. They just looked a lot crisper. I expected a blowout, but I didn't expect it to be that methodical.
0: Yeah, fifty-two-zero. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, it was away. just yeah.
1: And particularly given coming off the weird game, you know, they only played a quarter, and then the game being moved up, mm-hmm. it was really kind of impressive to see how focused they were. It was. Because I, I don't know about you, Todd. I mean, neither you nor I played college sports. But mm. We did play in high school and everything. I found it very difficult to stay focused when I was in those fortunate positions where we were just crushing a team. Sure. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yes. It's just, or are you going, like, there are some games, I, you know, I, I played for a, a coach that was pretty serious and, you know, worked as hard and everything. But it was tough for him to convince us that we had any shot of losing some of these games. You know, there's was... There was <laughs> yeah. and, and we were not the talent gap between us and the weaker teams was not the same as the that we saw last Thursday. Right. So it just impresses me that that guys can execute with such precision and still execute their assignments, and so that is incredibly encouraging. But I still feel like I don't know what to expect from this team. I don't get the impression that we've seen even you know half of the playbook. Danucci seems to have great control of. Um, you know, the, the short and intermediate passing. Mm-hmm. We still haven't seen a lot of long balls. It was, mm-hmm. everybody was kind of freaking out about that one ball that he underthrew. It was one ball. Yep. I, I, it wasn't a great pass, but you'll see Tom Brady misses balls. Yeah, count know? me
0: among those. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean,
1: no. I'm like, whoa, you know, it's noticeable. But it was kind of a, you know, it was one of those nights. Big, mm-hmm. I yeah. would like to see them find ways to stretch the field and prove they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly it's just like, I don't know what we learn from these blowouts other than the fact that the team is, is focused and can execute. We still haven't seen them really take a punch in the mouth in a game that matters. So just not a concern, but more just, it's the unknown. Still feel like we're a little bit going to the abyss. Plenty of reasons for optimism. Oh yeah. No reasons to panic, No, but you still, you never know. And the CAA is way deeper this year than I expected.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I'm just on the same, in the same vein as you Rob is just we haven't seen JMU kind of lock in on the lineup and who's going to be involved in the key. I mean, we saw a lot at NC State. I think that, that gives us optimism going forward. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of weeks, I mean, it, it's like you said, it's nice to see the – I mean, this wasn't even the two deep in the second half. This was really the third and fourth string guys
1: winning 21-7,
0: right, yeah. you know, over a, an FCS team. So that's, it's nice. I think we just, I, I like you, I just wonder, okay, what, what are we really going to look like when we get to the key, you know, November, and December. So yeah. that's about all. Um, I think that pretty much is, we don't, we can't really have any concerns until we see J- somebody take you to JMU a little bit. We, we, I guess for women's Mary's sake, I almost hope they do play well this weekend. <laughs> you know? I, yeah.
1: I got to think that they always play JMU tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta think that the CAA games, at least initially, they're gonna take it to another level, being that it's Jimmy's last year. Yeah, I'm
0: hopeful, and and hopefully, I'm sure JMU is gonna do something for Jimmy. The oh Laycock, yeah. Laycock, uh, William and Mary's longtime coach, who's announced this is his last season. So yeah, I, I yeah, I'm sure, i I hope that William Mary will be ready to go on Saturday. Yeah, and they got. I mean,
1: they've got some talent. Sean Mitchell mm-hmm. is young QB. He's what a true sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got all sorts of state high school records, played pretty well, all things considered against Virginia Tech. I, I think threw for one and, and might run another one in. Mm-hmm. That Deadman guy, the receiver. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely talented. Mm-hmm. Um they've always got a pretty solid running game. So um they've just struggled to really get any sort of rhythm going on offense the past couple of years. But they do have some weapons. Right. That that can do stuff against JMU. And defensively they they've always played JMU tough, so yeah, think... know, it should be it should be fun. And then the weather could be another factor.
0: Oh, yeah. So what's could, it what could be we better? Doing? What? I think they're saying like 50 or
1: 60% chance of showers.
0: Ah, here we go. So we, yeah, we moved the game up and had a decent day. and <laughs> yeah. then Now we're gonna play. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, so, hopefully Jamie's defensive line will be fired up for some real competition. And I'm uh, ready to go this weekend. Yep. So Rob, you want to introduce our, our overtime topic. We did get a good suggestion for uh, non IPA non fancy beers, but we have done that one before. So yeah. we'll probably wait another season till we revisit that one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but along um, that
0: line, we will go with some old sc- an old school one, right?
1: Yeah, we'll go old school. We're gonna go some of our favorite old school video games, which will, <laughs> which will, as much as all these other topics do, it will date us. Oh my again. gosh! So, when I
0: started writing these down, I couldn't believe the years, and they were grouped together.
1: Oh, I, I didn't look up years. would that would depress me. Oh, but you you can kick it off.
0: You can go first. Okay. So I, I let me see. I. I guess we'll do three and maybe some honorable mentions if we don't each touch on it. But I I know I had to do a sports one and the one there were, I I actually wrote down four, three and a half sports ish games, but I know Mm -hmm. the one I played the most as a kid was the old school ice hockey game.
1: Oh, that, that, that was mine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So that that. was the original NES ice hockey game where you could, Mm -hmm. you played as an international team, but you could choose your players, whether you were fat guys medium-sized Skin. guys or skinny guys right? yeah those were your lineup choices yes and you you
1: could like the fat guys everybody just bounced off of them yeah they but they were ridiculously were slow.
0: slow you know and so, the skinny guys were so fast but they just fell down all the time yeah, yeah and you kind of had to vary your lineup you couldn't really play with like all fat guys or all skinny guys
1: no there's, there's a science to it yes
0: and uh yeah i don't know about you but this was one of the first games that i remember i mean my brother and i were both able to play like yeah, you know, my brother's 3 years younger than me and we were both old enough to play it and so we got to play it against each other and there was like some strategy in setting up your lineup. Yeah. And then playing. And and it was one of the first sports games where you played against someone not the computer where it was pretty competitive. You know, it really was like there was some skill involved. I think my brother was always a better player than I was at every video game. So, I didn't do well but I enjoyed that game a lot and I remember us playing that game constantly. So,
1: cool. I loved
0: that. And that was going to be one oh, of God. my choices as well, um,
1: which was awesome. I'm going to go with another sports game. Mm-hmm. And do you remember Bases Loaded, the baseball game? I do. I forgot about that one, though. Like, I loved it. At the time, I thought it was, like, ridiculously advanced graphics because, like, you could actually see, like, the pitcher's arms move, and they had numbers and everything. And remember, like, you hit a homer, it would flash up to this you know, yes. scoreboard. That's what I was saying.
0: Thing. The home run was really cool, right? Yeah. yeah, it was,
1: it was crazy. And they showed, like... You had guys with real names. Yeah, could you play like were, a
0: season mode too or something? Yeah,
1: there was like a pennant mode. Yeah. And then there's against or against guys. And it wasn't like today where you've got, you know, like Madden with real rosters and everything. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like just the Nintendo Hockey where you had a choice of fat, skinny, or medium. <laughs> you know, you, you had different guys and they had names and they had stats. And it was kind of like a precursor of the types of games we have today. But I loved that game. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I was a big baseball fan, some big baseball fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one was great to me because it just, it, to me, it was like so advanced. And I'm looking at it now on my YouTube. <laughs> it looks just
0: so bad.
1: Right? It looks like something you'd do in like a high school coding class. <laughs> now. But,
0: but it was awesome at the time. That's great. So my second one, and I thought about this, and this is really dating us, but Rob and I were definitely, were kind of on the, we were both right on the cusp. I think us growing up, our formidable years was, there were still arcades, Right, Mm -hmm. and then there was the home system too, but my favorite arcade game ever was Gauntlet, and that is the one where there you could be you could play with four people, and you were all Mm -hmm. four different, like had different skills. There was a Valkyrie, a warrior, an elf, and a wizard. I always played with the Valkyrie who had the armor armor, and uh, but you could you could have four people out on the same like arcade console.
1: Which was like revolutionary.
0: Yeah. And I just, and it was one of these like really, it was hard, right? I mean, you could play for a long time. Like, you know, you went through a whole course or whatever it was. But I loved that game. Uh, and I did too. I guess that was kind of my dork, you know, what would lead to all my sci fi and fantasy love later. No, but, I loved
1: that too. But like, I didn't like Zelda, which was kind of in the same genre.
0: Yeah. It's funny, you know, I wrote genre. Zelda because I think my brother and I played Zelda a lot, and it was definitely the first. It didn't make my final three, cause, but it was kind of the first game that I think was a big precursor to the games that are more of the long-term quest games. It was like a quest, yeah. yeah and I remember it, for me at least, it was the first game you could save mm-hmm. and come back to where you were. Yeah. And so that was a big, like, that just changed the whole thing, right? That you didn't have to play it in yeah. one sitting. But, yeah, but yeah I, I didn't like it as well as like – Gauntlet at the arcade, if you had four people playing, was super fun. And everybody – like, yeah. if somebody died, they had to put in another quarter. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so, Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And it was collaborative, too. Yes, going yes, because you had to so, use yeah. – So if you're somebody like me who's stunk at video games, it was good because you could kind of just – you could kind of trudge along without getting destroyed by your friends. Which yeah, you could be the wizard, and game. then everybody else
0: would tell you, like, okay, push the spell, and it would, like, kill yeah. everything on the screen. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Cool. I guess if we're gonna go arcade mm-hmm. style, like versus home, mm-hmm. do you remember Paperboy?
0: I forgot about Paperboy, but yes, I love to throw that the game. newspaper. Right? You had to
1: throw the newspapers. Could you and throw I it just, at things or? At, you could throw it at things like or like at cats in the mailbox or something. Yeah, <laughs> and it was really just a, every kind of a stupid game. It's like <laughs> you were just this guy with a paper route. And you went on your bike and it was like not even really pedaling. Your legs just went up and down because <laughs> that was like. the height of graphic sophistication there and you would just throw these things to the newspapers like onto the the targets which were the front porches but the reason i liked in the arcade is because you had the bike handles Mm -hmm. do you remember that oh yeah the the, which is utterly ridiculous because i had a bike like it's not (laughs) like it would make you didn't need it like i was like oh i could pretend to ride a bike like i would I get, like, pretend, pole position. I thought it was, you know, pretend to ride a car. Oh, I yeah. couldn't do that. Or these games are like, you pretend to ride snowmobiles. Like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it just looking back, like, I remember loving it. It was dumb. I could have just gone home and – I had a paper route, too. Right. So, I don't know why I liked it, but maybe it just because it was simple. and <laughs> I don't know. I just thought those stupid bike handles were really cool. That's
0: a funny one. Yeah, my last one is the uh, – my favorite college game. So, when we were at JMU. And mm-hmm. then – a couple, or at least when I was still at JMU, and then I, I pretty much life-wise stayed in college for another three years after JMU, <laughs> even though I was not at JMU. And I we played a, the the only game that like would probably be relevant to people younger than us um, that I played a ton of, and I think everybody played a ton of is the original Goldeneye. The Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. I mean we just we played the hell out of that game, and uh, I was never any good at it, but it was fun, and you could play, you know. I, I, I can't tell you how much time we spent sitting around playing that stupid game.
1: So. Uh, we did that, I mean, after college yeah. when I lived with DCAP, yeah. he had that thing and every Friday night people would start rolling into our, we would check our voicemail to see who was coming over, like <laughs> next to the phone. <laughs> right, right. Be like, Omar, Varga, would be like, we're coming over, we got beer, play Golden? and we'd play Golden for like three hours and we'd go out. Like, right. Right, um, and then come right home by ourselves and play GoldenEye. Yes. No, that was a great
0: game. Yeah.
1: What was that? was that? nintendo 64
0: i think so yeah it was funny because i don't enough. think i ever owned whatever system it was on oh, i didn't either you know no. but somebody Decaf. in the house i Decaf lived in always owned it you know yeah nelly or Zoraga or somebody always had it for me yep. yeah we played the heck out of that so yeah
1: no that was fun right. i was terrible at it too though I, I would just get sniped and i wouldn't know where it was coming for from mid- and everybody would make fun of me yes. but it still was fun yes all right I'll, I'll go with another not quite shooter game but same sort of thing remember contra oh yeah with the yeah yeah and I think I, admittedly, I probably like this because with the cheat code, it was like impossible not to win. Or mm-hmm. um, was it up, up, down, down, left, right, left, like, right, BA, start, yeah. or whatever. And then you just got like a million lives and you could just keep going. And so it was one of the few games I could quote unquote win. Right. And winning was basically just entering that stupid code and then surviving your unlimited ammo and unlimited lives. But
0: Is Contra the one uh, that had like different weapons? Yeah. You had like the the machine guns shoot. and re- yeah. regular and then there and was you that just... stupid like squirrely one squirrely gun right. like kind of waves That was it worthless that yeah,
1: yeah. F- yeah yeah it was worthless um and you just kind of climbed up and to the right constantly oh like, yeah two-dimensional yes yeah. but i don't know that was a fun one because like i said i stunk at video games yeah and that one i could convince myself that i didn't stink even though i was probably taking 35 lives to clear a level
0: yeah the other two uh, did you have any more that you thought about rob
1: I was going to do Double Dragon, oh, yeah. the arcade version, mm-hmm. but that home version, there, it was like not even the same game.
0: No. Other than the
1: fact that you fought. The arcade version was amazing. Yeah. The home one was, was much less so.
0: Right. I, I think Punch Mike Tyson, Punch Out,
1: mm, punch out. was a pretty
0: yeah. classic game. I, you know, it, it wasn't particularly difficult once you figured it out. But, once you got the patterns. Yeah. Uh, the other one I loved was Excite Bike. Yes, like, where you right? yes, you can make your own track. Yes, you could make your own track. I just that I think that was what was probably pretty cool about it, and m- very much more a precursor to today's games where you have so much customization yeah. in so many games. Yeah, those were the only other ones.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to say Spikeball too. Tiger Woods, the,
0: the early Tiger Woods. I I imagine I would still enjoy playing Tiger Woods today. Um, yeah, I, I mean I haven't played in ten years, but we played a lot of Tiger Woods golf too, and that was a really fun another sports one that I really, really liked. I yeah. think, I, you know, I, you just, you got to see the courses all around the world, play the different places and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was really cool.
1: Well, I got FIFA for Xbox this weekend, Ooh. which I've wanted forever. And what, I just went out and bought it myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I have not won a game yet. The boys <laughs> have crushed me every time. And I've scored one goal and I was so excited. I thought I was going to beat James, my eight-year-old son. And I was like, talking trash, and he, and he scored an extra time and then beat me in penalties. Okay. So. Of
0: course he does. There you go. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah we, don't, it's we don't have a chance against them. No, they're they're natives to this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I think that's really all we have for tonight. Um, obviously, there's not, not too much to say from last week. We're very excited about William & Mary this week. So hopefully a lot of people will get a good tailgate in no matter what the weather is and get ready for two weeks in a row of J.M. Mute's old I don't know the, the two remaining Virginia schools, the, the
1: Virginia rivals. Yeah, yeah, the two
0: Virginia rivals next two weeks. I, I, um, and I don't know if you saw Rob, there were some tornadoes in Richmond today. So I yeah. started to make jokes because there was one right over Robin Stadium, but obviously it was not joke appropriate. But we hope everybody's okay down there in Richmond. And I know and all...
1: everybody up and down the
0: coast. I mean, these whatever. Yeah, we're I mean, say I... about it, but man,
1: just scary stuff. More important than football for sure,
0: for sure, and. I know there will be a ton of G- Dukes out there at, ro- at the bread box in two weeks mm-hmm. in Richmond. So. But Jamie needs to beat William & Mary first, and then we'll worry about the hated ticks. Yep. So, I don't know. I guess we should talk to uh, – we-, we should see what's going on with our buddy, Satch.
1: Oh, Satchmo.
0: But I, haven't looked, I haven't watched any videos this year.
1: Uh, he's got a couple out there.
0: Okay. But... We'll have to take a look. Yeah. So, Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you again next week. Hopefully, another Duke's win. Dukes are two and one. You need to get to three and one, and go by the tap room there in Harrisonburg, or pick up Pale Fire wherever, it, <clears throat> wherever it is sold. Most places in Virginia. Yeah, uh, and Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, have a good week, everyone. Go Dukes. Float straight out of our lids Them, they got boo bodies, hard rock Brooklyn kids Us, Floor Rush, when they DJ, boom and classics You beat the crew on the fattest hip-hop record He touch the kinks and sinks into the sounds She frequently fatter joints called undergrounds Our punk zooms like you hit the Mary Jane Booms, man, boogie had to change. Who freaks the clips with matter mouth percussion? Where kinky hair goes to unthought-of dimensions. Why's it so fly? Cause hip-hop kept some drama. When butterfly rocked the light pro sway boomers. What by the cut? We push it off the corner. How was the buzz entire hip-hop era? Was fresh and back since they started saying Audi Cause funks made fat from right beneath my hood. The hoover of the styles like miles and shit. Like 60s funky worms with waves and perms. Just sending junky rhythms right down your block. We beat to rap, what key beat to lock, but I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that, 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 I'm cool. Like that. I'm cool.